And now, welcome back to another action-packed episode of Square State Sandlot. Got Kyle joining me, and I'm your host, Bill Montoya. Got quite a few things to talk about, but the the main topic of today will be a, a topic that's a little sore for, for Kyle, but my Golden State Warriors are, for the fourth time in eight years, NBA champions once again. I know you're super excited about that, Kyle. So what did you think <laughs> about the series? And and we'll go from there. Um, first of all, I'm perfectly happy with Golden State, all of them but one winning. So, I mean, good for Golden State. I just wanted to be right two years in a row. That would have been glorious, picking the, picking the champs two years in a row. But um, with that being said, I think Boston played a good series. But in the end, it did kind of work out, I guess, how you would expect. Um, Golden State just offensively just outdid them. That's all there is to it. Uh, Tatum obviously had a down series. Um, at the end of the day, they just executed better, uh, yeah. which I mean, I guess is the case of any winning team. But um, yeah, all I can say is I'm happy for all of them, but Draymond Green, he can rot in hell. <laughs> He's been uh, quite boisterous since they've won, but that's oh, all right. So I do have to say this. This is the reason I don't like him. You know I don't like loud players. It's not my style. Yeah. That Boston shirt that he wore, did you see that? Yeah, the one where I, it was with all the titles and banners. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't Made like me that. laugh. I'm sure. Especially <laughs> since, you know, in the greater Boston area, they were selling the shirts that said F.U. Draymond, so... I'd that's, buy one of I, those. I guess, I guess that's his way of getting back at him. I don't know, but... It was that no, I, it was at least an entertaining series. There wasn't a single game that was decided by less than ten points. So obviously, either team that won won in in pretty convincing fashion. So I guess in terms of that, there weren't too many close games, but there obviously were some back and forth there, yeah, uh, especially with Boston going up two to one, um, and then obviously the Warriors just getting it done. I think that comes a lot of that comes with playoff experience and and just being there before, knowing what it's like. Um, loved seeing it from the Warriors and yeah, Tatum. I think he's going to be a superstar one day, um, and probably oh, soon. Tools. But as of as of right now, I mean, he definitely shrunk in the in that NBA final series. Definitely was not what we saw from him in all the other series. And a lot of that can be attributed to, you know, the defense of the Golden State Warriors. They were ranked towards the top of the league the entire season. So they can play good defense. Obviously, Clay's not what he used to be. But, man, I'm so excited for that guy after what he went through not playing for, I think it was oh, 940 yeah. games or 940 days almost between games. So love seeing it for him. And he definitely had himself a, a ball at the parade. I don't know if you saw any of that footage. Oh, but. yeah. That was Clay I mean, had himself him time. I mean, I'm sure he's, you know, riding the roller coaster of emotions through all this. Yeah. So, I mean, good for him. So, obviously, the title is fantastic. Love seeing it. But now it becomes the offseason, and there's quite a few players that are coming up due for contracts. So, I guess I'm kind of worried. At least right now, they're set up for success now and success in the future with Looney or sorry, Moody and Kaminga. Obviously those were their draft picks last season. Both of those guys are set to contribute more. 
but you have Wiggins that came up huge in the NBA Finals. He Big had time. multiple games with double-digit points and double-digit rebounds. Some people were wanting him taking MVP. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to say they don't have an argument. I still think it was Steph, but... Yeah, Steph played very well. I, I think statistically he had the best series, but when you look at regular season compared to what they did in the NBA Finals, that's what you would expect from play versus what Wiggins did in the in the regular season and what he did in the Finals. He definitely played above that. So he had, and I mean, without him, I don't think they win this series because of his defense. And obviously we, we talked about the rebounding. And then when they needed buckets, he was hitting those big threes or cutting to the basket, picking up fouls on the other team and, and just forcing the issue really. So love him. I hope they can keep him around. I think he's going to command a max contract after how he did in that NBA Finals. Well, I know how to solve all this for you. Well, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> what does he have, a year or two left on his contract? I don't know. I mean, they could definitely trade him. Other teams would want him for sure. And yeah. we're alluding to Draymond Green. He's got one of those large contracts, and I know he's I'm real probably, subtle, but... <laughs> probably past his – prime at least i mean he's he, still a great contributor on the defensive end still how old good is on he offense. like 32 33 he's I don't yeah how old probably he is, somewhere like that let me look it up real quick Draymond green he is he's born in 1990 there so, you go. what's that 32. 33 soon enough yeah send him to oh. the lakers <laughs> Sorry. They'd take him. I'm sure they would. No, but they would, and you'd probably get something for him. So. And, and that's the it. thing. They've got Looney, that was an absolute stud in the playoffs, played great defense, rebounded the hell out of the basketball. I feel like they have to bring him back because there's so much unknown with James Wiseman. They don't have a center other than, other than Looney, a true center. So I feel like they have to bring him back, and maybe they swing a trade where they get rid of Wiseman. Uh, as much as that would be kind of wasting that draft pick. but And then you have Wiggins, like I said, and then uh, Jordan Poole as well. So it's a lot of contracts, a lot of money that has to go out, and they're already above the luxury tax. So anything that they're doing, it's it's going to cost them some money. So I don't know what they do. I really don't. I think even Steve Kerr's up on last year of his deal as well, so they'll probably have to extend him, not that – Coaches play into the salary cap, but more expenses there. So and, I just uh, think I was just going to say, speaking of Kerr, I mean, you can't you can't go through talking about them without pointing out what a career that guy between playing oh, yeah. and coaching. It's just assistant coaching, and then obviously head coaching. Like you just yeah. and he's you can't not be happy for him. He's such a good dude. Um, he played I for Lute Olson at Arizona, which was one of the best all-time college basketball coaches. Yep. Then he played for um, Bill Jackson, probably the greatest basketball coach of all time. And then he and played for on. Greg Popovich in <laughs> San Antonio. Yep. So, like, he's, everywhere Steve Kerr has gone, he's seen greatness and, and picked up. Obviously, he right. played with Jordan, played with Scotty. Uh, what I was going to say, I'm, I'm not directly saying anywhere Steve Kerr goes is going to be – you know, it is, but it's happened. Um, not a, not every player could say they've been part of this many amazing teams, whether it's playing or coaching. So yeah. I fell in love with him during the nineties. Obviously everybody our age probably did. 
Um, he was such yeah, a he fun was the player only, with those guys. He was the only Chicago Bull that I liked, and that's because I've always had a soft spot for those three-point shooters. Like, Oh, yeah. Jason Richardson from the Warriors was my favorite player for sure. And he could do both. He was a great three-point shooter, and he would just slam home some what's, crazy 360 dunks. What's funny but... about those three shooters? Um, Reggie Miller, loved him too. Oh, I'd see, and Reggie is one of my all-time favorites. Did a little more shit-talking than I would prefer. Yes, and he by did. a little, I mean a lot. But <laughs> his his jump shot, the way he got he, – he forced separation, one of my all-time favorite shots. But um, – as far as the three-point shooters, the one thing I think is funny is back then, like a Steve Kerr was like, I mean, he was a tool guy. Like he had that role and that was it. And the league has developed so much into these, you know, three-shooting game that it's just funny because he would have been, I think, an even bigger role in today's yeah, league. It's sure. just weird that he was, you know, now he's coaching a team where the three-point shooting is such a fundamental part of what they do. Yeah, um, I mean, he would have been just a love Steve Kerr. He would have been a Kyle Korver kind of guy that could play. There we go. Least, That's a good know, example. Thirty-six, something like that, just dropping threes from wherever. But yeah, no, Steve Kerr. I think he's up to nine total NBA titles that he's been a part of. Unreal, man. And I think that was fourth all time. Obviously, I think Bill Russell won thirteen yeah. just as a player. So he's a few few championships ahead of him. But I'm hoping by the time he's done <laughs> he's coaching, he, he's right up there. I, I'm championship starved other than the Warriors. I mean, I've got, uh, you know, the the Raiders, they haven't they haven't had a championship since. Oh, man, you're in here twice. There I'm we go. I don't know what just happened. Well, some <laughs> technical weird. difficulties. Yeah. But anyway, no, I, I just love seeing the Warriors succeed because up until, I mean, 2015, they were just abysmal. They had a couple years in there that were good. Not many. 1974 was their last previous championship. So everyone that says, you know, all Warriors fans are bandwagon fans, not me. I've been here the whole time. One of the my favorite memories as a Warriors fan was the uh, We Believe Warriors back in, I think it was 2008, when they knocked off the Dallas Mavericks. No well, one even thought. That whole, uh, that whole bandwagon term has lost a lot of weight with me because – I mean, when you have a player like Steph, there's so many fans of Steph in that watch yep. basketball. It that doesn't make you a bandwagon fan. You can still go for them, and you know, like I've talked, I'm I've leaned way more towards following players now than teams. Um, you know, I grew up a Magic fan, but that team was dismantled so fast that I got out of basketball at a pretty young age. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't even really get mad at bandwagon fans because I don't even think it's an insult, really. If if you watch somebody like Steph Curry and you enjoy it that much, you can be a fan. I mean, until yeah. they're signing your checks, who cares? <laughs> For sure. And that's that's the thing. Like, we've talked about it several times before. I don't mind when, you know, people jump on my team's, or my team's bandwagon, so to speak, because all yeah. that does is generate profits and allows them to put more money into the payroll. Ain't nobody buying A's merchandise or anything right now. So, <laughs> look, look at what you're wearing. Um, well, to be fair, this hat is one of like 30 hats that I own that are A's hats, and I yeah. haven't purchased a new one in literally six years. So, probably a good thing. Yeah, no, I'm not supporting that man <laughs> until they sell the team or actually start putting money in the payroll. I, I'm not buying a damn thing from him. <laughs> I love it. 
before we dive into baseball, though, I have a new development with the NBA. Oh, I think boy. I am finally going to start following a team. has nothing to do with the team, to be clear. Um, I just got done talking to Bill about this earlier today. Uh, it actually all started with a video. Um, I'm not even sure who Memphis was playing. doesn't really matter. But Steven Adams, it shows back-to-back plays. And some dude, I don't know, some big giant of a man, shoots and knocks him down, takes him down. And while he's laying down, he throws the ball at him. Well, then it fast forwards to a later play. He does the same thing and Steven Adams helps him up. He did it to him and then helped him up off the ground. So I was like, man, I kind of like this guy, you know? Well, then I was just randomly looking at things today and turns out that he went to school at Pittsburgh. He played for Pitt. So now I'm going to follow this dude, see where that goes. And see if anybody else, I I just, everything I've ever seen interview wise, you name it. He just seems like a pretty stand up classy fella. So he does. Steven Adams, let's do it. (laughs) I mean, I remember him from the Oklahoma teams. Yeah. I was going to say, he had some good game, good seasons. I still can't believe they blew that team up, man. They had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. They're not blowing it up though. How did they not? Steven Adams. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they dropped a three to one lead to the Warriors. So it's like my magic all over again. That that team was so stacked, and we really only made one run. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, so same difference. But all right, I'll, I'm following this guy. To, I happens. want you to go off since you have some. Oh uh, my god! Some fun news to share. <laughs> I I don't have as much, so let let's have um, you start off with your Pirates. Oh What's going God. on with them? I don't even know where to start. The last three days, the last three games have been probably Sawinski would be a good possibly. Place. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to start there. Um, it's possibly been the best three days of baseball I think I've personally ever had. Um, we were in a series with the Giants. Uh, you know, they took the first two, I think, maybe even three. I can't remember how long the series was, uh, but Father's Day. You know, we're in San Francisco, and Jack Sawinski, somebody I'm already high on, he's been playing great for us since he came up. Um, But he ends up throwing or hitting three dingers out of the park, including the walk-off to win at 4-3 in the end. Um, Turns out, first time a rookie's ever hit three homers, including a walk-off. So, I mean, he's made history. Um, But to do it, you know, Father's Day in front of his dad, beating a team like the Giants – um, I was already on cloud nine. Like I really like Jack Swinski. I'm kind of a fanboy for him because my son's being born, um, expected to be born September. We've named him Jack. So I've kind of latched on to old Jack Swinski here. I've already picked out my son's favorite player. Um, so I'm super <laughs> excited for him. Uh, you so don't it was know just, him, but he's your favorite. Right, right, right. Um, super exciting. But then we followed that up with two two games, including the game tonight against the Cubs, which we hate the Cubs. So winning those two games is almost enough. But this crop of rookies that we have brought in, including the one and only O'Neill Cruz, finally bringing him up. Um, I know a lot of fans wanted him up right after spring training. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I had my feelings about it, but I do think his time in the minors – paid off as far as um, him developing a little more. With that being said, uh, O'Neill Cruz is a monster. Um, yeah. Within one game, 
uh, he, he already came in and they, they were doing some crazy stat cast stats, but he's already the fastest base runner through a like 96 mile per hour, not mile per hour ball to first base to get an out, which was yep. whew, a zinger. Hardest throw by an infielder, hardest bat off the ball. Yeah, like 112 off, ball the off the bat. And then, Unreal. yeah, fastest and you can run, just base running. Insane. So basically, you got Sawinski, you got O'Neill Cruz, who's coming at shortstop and just been awesome. Uh, Rowanzi Contreras tonight pitched. He's our rookie uh, pitcher. Pitched five great innings. Gave up one home run. That was really the only bad moment. We ended up winning 7-1 tonight, too. Um, and then the really fun surprise is Bly Madris. Um, and I'll give a little shout-out about him here in a second. But he's playing outfielder for us. And he has made two unreal sliding catches. He hit his first home run tonight. Like, literally everyone we have called up has come up and just – I mean, Cal Mitchell, even Diego Castillo when he came in earlier part of the season – all these young guys, this is what we were hoping was going to happen at some point as Pirates fans. So to see them coming in, making these impacts, um, it's just really special. It's exciting. I'm not saying it's sustainable. I'm not saying we're going to go on a tear and chase the pennant. I'm just saying to see what Ben Sherrington was doing and to see it actually come to fruition a little bit here is pretty exciting. Um, but a fun note about Bly Madris, um, Trent Williams, who we had on uh, a couple pods ago, his wife, uh, Mackenzie, actually went to school with him at Mesa in Colorado. Yeah. Um, so they've been blowing up my phone a little bit, talking to me about him. Um, you know, they were excited for him to play, so they watched that first game, and then they were busy tonight, but I was texting them about his, um, you know, his homer. And so it's just kind of fun, kind of cool that it was kind of like kill a brew for you with the Steelers. Yep. Um, it's just kind of small world and kind of neat. And, um, yeah, I, he was like a, a cherry on top. Cause I, he wasn't even somebody I was really following that much until about a month ago when he started killing it, uh, down in the farm system. And obviously it's translating so far. So I don't know. I think the time is finally here. Um, we'll see what the rest of the season looks like, but maybe we're competitive next year for, um, you know, at least the central, see what happens. And then the biggest thing that I want to see from here now is what we do with our vets. Cause we have, um, Jake Marisnik and Ben Gamble in the outfield that have been injured. I don't know where you put them now. Cause the, the young guys are playing so good. I hope we move them, see what we can get. Um, we got a couple pitchers, a couple infielders. Um, and then Kevin Newman at shortstop. We have to move him. I don't even care what we get for him. You cannot, put him back at shortstop now it's not an option yeah um so i don't know i hope we get some more out of these vets because i don't think we're going to have the draft spot that we were thinking we might have this year um we're, we're hanging no. out middle of the central so i'm hoping we can build on it i don't like i said i, I have no delusions of grandeur that we're going to go push for a pennant or anything but i, I think mean, we're going to be competitive think, in the second half yeah i don't think it would be uh Huge leap to say that you guys could at least be in for that, maybe that uh, wild card. Well, it's early enough. It's absolutely possible, but this is a three-game stretch. I'm trying not to, uh, yeah, you know, put too much into it yet. It's obviously been amazing. We, I mean, beating the Cubs 12-1 and 7-1. I mean, as a Pirates fan, that just feels so good. Yeah, 
I mean, I just – and then I know you were happy about us beating the Giants. I mean, that string oh, of sure. game, if we can just keep any of this momentum going, it's just going to be a fun season. Um, and I'm, I'm on a rant at this point. But the last thing I'm going to say is if you watch a Pirates game right now, this is what baseball is all about. This group of guys, granted, they've been together since, you know, Altoona. Um, you know, they, they've been coming up each each team as they work their way through the farm system. So these guys have been together for years. And you just see the excitement in the dugout. It's, I think a lot of times, professional sports, sometimes they can get into that. It's just a job mentality. Um, you know, I'm going to show up, do my thing, make my money. These guys are so excited. For, they're more excited for their, their buddy hitting a homer than they are about themselves. Um, and then the last thing is watching O'Neill Cruz on that almost triple that he hit the grin on his face running those bases. That's, that's what I'm excited about is all these kids are having fun. And if they're having fun, they're going to play well. No one has fun playing a sport. You know, you're going to play better when you're having a good time. So I'm done, man. I could talk all day. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm excited and for you. That, let's go uh, go have a downer real quick, Bill. Talk yeah. to us about the race. No, I, I think there is some positives coming forward, at least. I mean, obviously the record's nowhere near where I thought it was going to be. Um, pitching has been pretty subpar. Uh, but we did make a move this, this morning. I'm uh, calling up Nick Allen. I don't know why they ever sent him down to begin with. He was playing pretty well. Probably just to get him more playing time because he's a true shortstop. And obviously we we have uh, Elvis Andrews there at, at shortstop. And until we can offload him, I mean, there's not really anywhere else we can put him. So I, I guess I understand it for for that regard. But I also want to see Nick Allen play, even if it's at second base, third base. What, what Just getting him in there and getting him some playing time. Um, the, the downside to that is they did send down uh, – Luis Barrera, one of our top prospects, he was playing pretty well, especially on defense. Um, he was only hitting like 250, but I mean, <laughs> that's up towards the top of our. I was gonna say this season, offensive performers. So it's actually pretty decent. Yeah, no, he hasn't. Had, he's been coming up with some big hits. So I was sad to see him go down, but I think the reason why they sent him down is because Stephen Piscotti was just played in a rehab assignment in Las Vegas, and I think he'll be coming back soon. So I don't know who they're going to send down, but if I were to guess, I would say probably Christian Pache. He has been playing very well on defense, but I think he's still batting less than 180, and you just can't have that in in a major league lineup. I get why they've given him such a long leash because, you know, he's their top prospect that they got from uh, the Matt Olson trade. So, you have to get put him out there and give him a chance to succeed. You can't just pull the the rug out from underneath him. But at the same time, if he's just going up there and not learning anything, not making any adjustments, I mean, at some point you got to start to do that. So if you're not seeing any success, then I, I guess they're thinking maybe send him down, get him some, get him some confidence, and then we'll bring him back up and see what he can do towards the end of the season. The reason why I think he won't be down long if they do send him down is because Ramon Laureano is rumored to be on drawing some interest from from trade partners. So I don't think he'll be with the team much longer, which is very disappointing. But, I mean, I think we all saw it coming once they started trading major pieces. Laureano hasn't been playing super well this, this season so far. 
So that's going to drive down his trade value a little bit, especially coming off that suspension. But I think he's got enough value that, that some team is going to pay him a, a good chunk of money, and I know it's not going to be us, so may as well get something back for him rather than letting him just walk. Uh, and then Pauly Blackburn, Paul B., he's been pitching very well. Uh, in fact, I think he's top three in the AL for pitching stats. So he's doing great. Um, I think I think he'll probably be our lone all-star representative when it comes to that time. And I don't think he'll be with us much after that because he's drawing trade interest, as is Frankie Montas. So I think before too long, I mean, you're going to see a lot of the guys, the, the veterans that aren't playing well, I think you're going to see them either get traded or cut. And we'll start to see kind of what you're seeing with your team. And that's a huge youth movement and, and see what our guys can do. And that's kind of what I'm looking forward to because, you know, being as many games out as we are, we're not going to make that up. Well, yeah, so I'd rather salvage just see. the season and get something out of it. I mean, even if it's just assessing. Yeah. I mean, we're firmly in last place in the division, 19 and a half games back of Houston for first place. So yeah, not making those games up and, I mean, run differential, I think we're probably worst in the AL, if not close to. So not not a good season by any measure. So like I said, I'd, I'd like to just see what we have in the farm system, move on from some veterans, and start the rebuild if that's what we're actually going to do. So it sucks as a fan because obviously you want to see your team win. And when you have one of the richest owners in the league and he just won't put money into the roster, like it's really hard to support that team. But Obviously, I, I bleed green and gold, so I'll always be an ace fan. But. but that's my only concern is now that we've, quote, unquote, turned the corner, I want to see what Bob Nutting does. If, yeah, if, if you got to start adding start them. getting written. Um, so that's going to be the real test. We'll see where this goes. But fingers crossed. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. My hope is John Fisher gets Howard Terminal built and then realizes his max invest or realizes his max value and, and sells the team cashes out then he gets his money and then maybe we get an owner that is going to pay top dollar for the team yeah. so i don't think he's going to put a, a garbage product on the field so that's my hopes but we can move on I from them so, <laughs> we will talk about the yankees they are on a pretty historic tear right now they're on pace for 119 wins which would be obviously a record actually how many did the Seattle Mariners win back in, what was it, 2002? Uh, it was right around there, wasn't it? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say it was 112, but maybe it was 120. Now I'm doubting myself here. Well, while you're looking that up, I got to say, I mean, it hurts because it's the Yankees anyways, but Garrett Cole and Clay Holmes have been – pitching out of their minds um that hurts as a pirates fan a little bit but uh yeah that team is stacked i mean you look at their lineup it makes sense they're playing as well they as they are but they're even i mean they're even overseeding expectations for sure they're gonna be a tough team to beat i don't know why it's so hard to look up anything like i feel like <laughs> the internet should make this easy most wins in MLB season. How hard is that? Come on. 
Seattle Mariners, 116. There we go. So, yeah, that would exceed that record. So, anyway, they're on pace for that. Obviously, I don't think they'll end up with 119 wins. They're on a pretty tepid pace, but you also have to factor in that they're playing, you know, the Orioles, and Rays aren't playing very well right now. Oh, Um, man. Rays are doing terrible. Yeah. Red Sox are streaking now, but they started off the season pretty pretty rough, too. I mean, honestly, the only team hotter than the Yankees right now would probably be the Braves, and that's, you know, the Yankees are having a better season. Yeah. So, anyway, figured I'd just shout out the Yankees, even though it pains me to do so. And then on the other side of New York, you've got uh, the Mets coming away with some pretty good news. Max Scherzer is on a better progress pace than they thought he would be and he is set to, to come back shortly he just had a, a rehab outing and they're thinking he'll be back maybe late this week or early next week so that'll be a big boost for them and obviously they're playing very well without him so yeah. holding that division lead obviously they got the uh Braves streaking right behind them and, and trying to catch up some ground but they've still got a decent lead in that division so getting Scherzer back is going to help any team but uh when you're leading the division i mean that's only uh cherry on top there so anything else mb wise you wanted to mention or you want to move on to the big news from the nfl today might as well it's a doozy your boy deshaun watson (laughs) this makes me so sad yeah Um, no take it away take it away all right, so I mean, I guess to catch everyone up, if you haven't been following, um, long story short, they settled twenty out of his. They're saying twenty-four. I thought it was up to twenty-six. Either it was way. up twenty-six. So I don't know if that's just because the last two weren't included in this original lawsuit. Oh, maybe that's 20 why. Twenty-four. So I think so. Twenty cases have been settled outside of court. They're not going to release details on amount or, um, you know, any any details as to what was settled. Um, this, it's just not a good look. For one, when you settle out of court like this. Um, it's essentially admitting guilt. Basically, or at least admitting that it was going to have something come to light that you don't want to come to light. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that just because you settle, you're guilty of the crime because that's not the way our law system works, but it's not a good look. Um, I... I'm curious what this is going to mean for the suspension because I would like to see a hefty suspension. Like we've talked about the Calvin Ridley situation and how that compares and, you know, it's apples to oranges. So you have to exceed his, you would think. Um, I don't know. I'm still following this pretty close, waiting to see where, how this ends up. Yeah. Um, no, and I, I don't want to say that it's admitting guilt, but it, at the same time, you're having them sign NDAs and you're paying yeah. them a, a certain yeah, amount of money just, to go away. It's admitting that there's information out there you don't want yeah. brought to the public. So whether you're guilty or not, I mean, you're you're yeah. silencing them for a reason. So it's just, yeah, like you said, a bad look. And yeah. Tony Busby, the attorney for the other four ladies, well, Technically, he was for all of them, but the four that haven't settled has said that he will, that the ladies are planning to take them to court at this point. So as long as they hold true to that, I mean, 
we, we well, could get some more information, but perhaps the they're end, posturing and just trying to get more in that settlement. I don't know. At I the end of the day, at, I mean, at the end of the day, civil court is what it is too. I mean, none of it's going to matter as far, especially what we're talking about. I mean, settlements and things like that, but the ball is in the NFL's court now. Um, yep. Cause they're doing their separate probe, obviously their investigation. So I just hope the people in that room make the right decisions. Um, whichever way it goes, I just hope that it is due diligence, and correct decision. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you did say something to me off the air that you had seen some rumors about possible length of time. Well, you yeah, this share is, that or? absolutely. Um, I mean, this is all, you know, just, between social media and articles, but the, the number 60 games was thrown around. Granted, this was before the settlements. Um, I don't know how, if the amount of cases are going to affect, you know, length or however all that's going to work, but 60 games is a substantial suspension. Um, and in my eyes, you know, (laughs) my moral code, if you will, that sounds more accurate to me than, you know, missing half a season or whatever may, you know, I would want, if any of this comes to light and is true and they, you know, their probe finds these things, I, w- I wanted a heavy hand. Um, yeah. You got to send a message. Make a statement. Exactly. Because this especially is, with all this, like the domestic yeah. violence that they've made the rulings and, you know, guys have missed two, three games or mm-hmm. four games or whatever. I mean, They've been saying public opinion NFL has handled these cases very poorly over the poorly. years. So, I, I mean, think you can go back to the the Ray Rice. Ray Rice, yeah. No, there's um, plenty. I mean, it's been bad for years. Joe Mixon had one back in college. I mean, there's yeah. there's been plenty of cases. Jesus, this guy is just serving up batting practice. Oof, <laughs> it's gonna be a long year to be an Ace fan. But back to back home runs there. Anyway, Oof, back rough. to Deshaun Watson. For, for what it's worth, I was watching uh, just clips on Twitter today and Pat McAfee show that he had on Ian Rappaport, and he essentially said he doesn't think that these settlements are going to affect the uh, suspension one way or another. I know our initial thoughts on it were it was going to be a year, but we were hoping for two, so 60 games would be substan- substantially more than that. Uh, at this point, you would be... I mean, if it's two years, that's 34 games. So, obviously, they don't count the playoffs. Not that I think the Browns are going to make the playoffs. but (laughs) Well, that's what it comes down to for me. That's always going to be what bothers me is. He just gave up three tanks in a row. Three tanks in a row. (laughs) Jesus. Our Um, bullpen is awful. The the problem here is, is when you become a player in these leagues, whether you signed up for it or not, you are an ambassador. And that's why the NFL has got to set a precedence here. Um, if these things are true, if if they're violating the codes of conduct, um, I mean, you have to draw a line in the sand for the future because you already have a lot of young guys that get away with quote unquote murder. Um, or in Ray Lewis's case, actual <laughs> murder. Um. <laughs> I mean, they, they just need to they need to put their foot in the ground and say, look, this is how we're going to handle it moving forward. We cannot nickel and dime these suspensions. It, it has to it has to be severe. 
Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Don't let me down, NFL. No, and like we were discussing off air, anything shorter than essentially 34 games is a slap on the wrist because yeah. the way that the Browns structured that contract, if he just misses the first season, he's missing one of the 220 or 230 million he was guaranteed. So, yeah, I feel like anything less than two years is going to not hurt him at all financially because he got paid all last year when he was sitting out for the the Texans. So essentially, although he missed all those games, that was his choice. I think the NFL probably was putting a, I don't know, at least something in the Texans ear saying probably don't play this guy, but he didn't want to be there. I don't think the Texans really wanted him there as a distraction. So no. I don't know. I mean, he's missed the season so far, but that's not going to count his game served since he got paid. So well, interesting. That's going to be the crazy development, too, is depending on how much time he misses, he's already missed a season. Imagine yep. a two-year suspension when I are three years removed. Well, and yeah. it's tough for me because the Browns, if if they didn't ask questions and sign him to that contract, they are oh, just they, as much at fault. You made that bed. You laid but it. if they – Let's say they actually did an investigation, didn't find anything, signed him to that contract. Well, now they have essentially rights. Well, I don't know if you say rights, but they have grounds to terminate that contract saying they didn't know all this stuff. But then it makes them look bad either way because they didn't look into it and gave, yeah. you know, whatever. whatever. Well, we'll I mean, that's a whole other that. layer. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole other layer after. Just, just something that came up. I don't know. But... <laughs> We'll move on. Uh, other news and notes around the NFL. Uh, Gronk called it a career again. Uh, we'll see. I yeah, don't believe anyone we'll, we'll anymore. See. A lot of these guys don't want to sign contracts until late oh, yeah. summer so they can miss all the training camp and stuff. So I don't know if it's a tactic by Gronk to get out of OTAs and all the mandatory mini camps and all that fun stuff. And then he'll say, oh, you know what? I want to play. Maybe he does that. Maybe he really is done. I mean, he didn't look like the same player last year, no. but he was still very effective. So it's tough to say what Gronk's going to do. I think only he knows. And if he is done, he was a very exciting player for, for a very long time. One of the best. Definitely revolutionized the tight end position. And it still boggles my mind that people can't keep up with him because he looks so damn slow. I don't know if he really is slow, but he looks slow as hell on the field. He can't be. He's got to he's got to be quick because they struggle so bad, but I'm with you. He looks like Frankenstein trying yeah. to I mean it just I mean he looks he's, like he's running with bricks on his feet. It's I I compare it to like a moose. You see them run and it's there's a there's a discoordination that you that it, it looks like, but they're so fast. Yeah. Um, it's just, I'm with you. It always used to frustrate me because it'd be like, how are it's you like, not keeping you up You can't with this cover guy? that guy. Let's I can cover that run. guy. It's like, okay, well, he's 6'5", 250 pounds. It's yeah, probably faster the, than me, but he doesn't look like it. Covered. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, congratulations to Gronk. If it's truly the end, if it's not well played on getting out of those mandatory mini camps and OTA. For sure. <laughs> And then just one other note I wanted to mention about, oh, I guess there's two notes, but about the Raiders specifically, and Dominican Sue, 
put on Twitter today. This is interesting. That the Raiders would be fun to play for. And, of course, I don't know if you know Raiders Twitter. I definitely know them. They are a uh, hot and cold group. Oh, yeah. So when you get them going, oh, man, they run pretty well, hot. That's what I mean. As soon as I saw the post, I was just like, here we it's go. It's like walking into a hornet's nest, man. Um, Everyone was going nuts. Oh, my God, we got to sign this guy. Come on, so, everyone recruit him. So gotta I got to ask, because he's probably going to be wanting, like, I don't even know, six, seven mil contract. I don't even know. It's going to be a substantial, probably one-year contract. See, and I don't even think he'll command that much. As late as it's getting into the season, his options are pretty limited. So I would say take care of Waller first. If you can get Williams, get Williams. And then number two on my priority list for, for remaining free agents would be Indomitian Sue. I think he can absolutely make a difference on the interior of that, that defensive line. That answers my question, because that's basically what I was going to say, is throw the contract amount out. Yeah, That's, no. somebody else can figure that out. Did you want him? And obviously, yes. it sounds like because yes. even at his age, and he still makes an impact. He's still he's a terror a on the interior. I mean, he he eats up two guys by himself. I mean, he's not nice. Aaron Donald, but no. But Crosby will be the happiest man alive. Yeah. If you are you put kidding me? If you middle. compare <laughs> Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, and then you have Indomitian Sue in the middle. I don't care who you have as the other lineman or rushing yeah, outside linebacker. And they're going to be fine. They're going to make an impact along with all three of those guys. So, it, yeah, I hope no, you I do think, it. I, I, I really, really hope do. we do too, especially if we're going to roll with Leatherwood at right tackle and we can't sign Williams, then yeah, and Donovan would be my number two. Well, let's agent. just take care of the elephant in the room. His mentality fits you guys or at least yeah. your teams of the past he has that nasty... although he's always gotten on my nerves with his antics but yeah, he can hey. get pretty pretty wild but he also is a mauler man i mean he's he's just nasty which if he's doing that alignment... shit for my team and yeah, contributing, okay, right? i'll look past it <laughs> oh geez but no Isn't i not the truth yeah. For sure. I would love to have him on the, the Raiders. I think, He's like I said, he would make an impact and just be a beast along that off or defensive line. So, And he's really good at uh, disrupting quarterbacks, which we have a couple good quarterbacks in our conference, maybe four of them. That's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> or not conference division, but yes, a lot of, a lot of them in the division or conference as well. But, Speaking uh, of quarterbacks. Yeah, one last note on the NFL, and that is that our boy Josh Allen is set to appear on Thursday's episode of Bustin' with the Boys with Will Compton and Taylor Lewan, and George Kittle will be joining them. Uh, they're all in Nashville right now for Tight End U, uh, which basically George Kittle and other top flight tight ends get together and share their techniques with um uh, it, collegiate athletes, they share it with high school guys from, uh, you know, the local area, whatever. They're they're doing things to, to help extend the tight end craft for, for all those guys and just sharing their knowledge. Nick Allen, two-run home run, first game back in the majors. Boom. Leave him up there. But anyway, uh, everyone tune in to see Josh Allen because I'm sure it's going to be a banger with I was just going to say, if you haven't watched Bustin' with the Boys – it's a who, anyways. 
Um, yeah. Josh Allen's a character. George Kittle is an absolute character. They're all good. It's going to be, it's yeah, gonna it's be probably going to be an all timer. So yeah. I'm excited to hear it. So anyway, that was a little early birthday present for me because he wasn't supposed to be on initially. It was supposed to just be George Kittle, but somehow they got Josh on. So I'm excited to hear that, but everybody wants to kick it. He's, he's a good and guy. And then you have, uh, yeah, Stanley kick us Cup off. final. <laughs> To, to end our pod here, just a little update. Uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Um, Colorado fans, I'm sure you're really pumped with where your abs are sitting right now. Uh, Colorado Avalanche actually went up 2-0 in the series. Um, the second game being a 7-0 blank um, of the Lightning, which I loved seeing. I absolutely hate Tampa. Um, but Tampa turned it around, and I think they won 6-2. This last game, I can't, I can't remember the la- the final score, but it's a pretty good response, obviously after getting drubbed by them. Um, so two one going into tomorrow night. I hope the Avs take the next two though, because I just don't like Tampa. And the other side of it is, let's just face it, the Avalanche are playing fun hockey. It's exciting yeah. to watch. Um, I actually really like uh, the way they utilize their defensemen. It's a lot like we used to with some of our Stanley Cup runs. Um, Makar is just unreal. He's an amazing defenseman. Won the Norris Trophy, I believe, that came out today. Um, I don't know, man. If, if if you haven't watched hockey, this is a good time to get in. Obviously, the Stanley Cup has a lot more coverage, but Colorado is putting together some pretty impressive hockey right now. So, Yeah, I got to watch the end of the first game. Haven't been able to tune in for the last two, but I hope the Avs can keep it up and, and close that baby out, especially since that would be what three in a row for Tampa Bay if they wanted. Yeah, we one. can't have that. Well, it'd be yeah. two and a, it'd be two and a half because yeah, yeah, the last COVID one don't, don't really count, or at least that's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and if we'd have won it, it would have counted. Let's be for let's sure. Be, let's be clear. But no, that's that's it. I guess. Um, Coming down to the wire for NHL. Season will be over here pretty quick. Yeah, it's kind of a sad point in the season. I mean, Alexis asked me, what What are you going to do now that basketball's over? Because, like, it's been get home from, ba- or from baseball games, turn on the, the NBA game and watch the end of that, and then, you know, get ready for bed, go to, go to bed. So that's kind of been our routine for the last month or two. And, yeah, now that – basketball's over i've got baseball but the a's are not playing well so it's kind of been a tough watch but you know i'm I'm catching some of your pirates games as i can and at least they're playing some pretty competitive baseball even when they're not winning so exciting i mean that's at the end of the day there it's exciting to watch so i welcome anyone you can start following the buckos it's a good time like you said me and my boy dallas braden are going to take our talents to pittsburgh (laughs) for now Oh, we'll check back Dallas. in in Oakland next I love season. That guy. He is the funniest human uh, being, I swear. He is. But anyway, I think I think we'll call it a pod here. We just hit 10 o'clock, so Perfect. we'll get this posted tomorrow morning. And hope you guys enjoyed. If you have any questions for us, if you have any feedback, if you want to come on, get a Absolutely. hold of one of us. We, we'd love to talk sports with you. If you have something you want to talk about that's not sports, and, we'll even and you take want to input. What are we yeah. doing wrong? What are we doing yeah. right? We want some uh, sure. want some interaction here. Let us know. All of our socials are here at the bottom. If you don't 
watch the videos. You can get us at Square State Sandlot on Instagram and Twitter. Or I guess it's at SQ State Sandlot on Instagram and Twitter. And then Square State Sandlot Podcast on both YouTube and Facebook. So hit us up at one of those places and we're we're always happy to hear from you so thanks again for tuning in and we will catch you on the next one